Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. They'll buy the property from, from me as is for wholesale, and then I will oversee their, their rehab with them. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a whole bunch of others with us today. Sean Holzapple. How you doing, Sean? Good. How are you today? I'm doing well, my friend. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Sean. He is an active, full-time real estate investor and licensed Indiana real estate broker based in Indianapolis, Indiana. He has wholesaled over 150 properties annually while doing a few buy and hold 
fix resell projects as his inventory and time allows. Started in 2011 with nothing and now has over $3 million in property, most with no money down bank loans. With that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Sure. So I just um, started off for a farm boy from Southern Indiana. So that's why I talk funny. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I tried a lot of entrepreneurial stuff over the years and um, finally picked up Rich Dad, Poor Dad for the second time in 2008. Realized I really need to do something with my life. I've been working almost 30 years by then and, and didn't really have any kind of long-term assets or cash flow set up. So I decided to get into the, uh, to the rental game and bought my first one side end scene while I was out of the country. And, um, and that, that ended up halfway decent and read some more books that did some more deals and some of them good, some were bad and finally got the hang of things and, uh, went full time in late 2011 and, um, haven't stopped since. All right. Well, Let's dig into this. This is fascinating stuff. Uh, let's talk about your $3 million portfolio with most no money down bank loans. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. So um, I typically use private funds or our, our own cash to purchase the property, get it rehabbed, occupied. And then um, once it's going to show nice and appraise good, go to to a local small bank that does portfolio lending that carry their own paper and do a refi. And that typically will pay back the private lender or rehabbing and, and possibly a few dollars extra in our pocket. So at the, at, at the end of the project, we're, we're into it for nothing out of pocket and it still cash flows nicely. At the, okay, got it. Got it. So initially you either use your own funds to buy it or have a private lender. So private individual or hard money lender then you do the improvements, you get a new valuation, you then do a, a loan with a portfolio lender like a credit union or a community bank, and then you get your money back out and you hold on to the property. Correct. Got it. Okay. Can you walk us through a case study of one of those deals that, that would fit that, that mold? Sure. So um, here in our area in the Midwest, Prices are still fairly low compared to some of the rest of the country. So a a nice you know bread and butter workhorse property might be built in 1960, a little three one on a slab in a you know on the outskirts of town in the in the suburbs. Say if you pick that up as is for thirty five thousand, and probably put fifteen into it, so you're all in for fifty. That's going to appraise uh, close to seventy. And they'll give me 75% LTV, which is loan to value. So 75% of the 70 is what you get back, which is which is enough to cover, you know, all your expenses. And, and that property would rent for 800. Got it. Okay. Let's talk about the last deal you did. Can you give us specifics on how much you bought it for? What was the rehab budget? And just talk through that. So right now we got we're just in a this a really simple uh, condo, uh, ARV is about seventy nine thousand. Bought it for thirty four. We're going to put maybe six into it, we're putting flooring, paint, appliances, countertop, fixtures, and um, that'll be it should be done here next week or so, and we'll put it on the market. So that's a flip that we do. We usually don't do flips, but that's that's one that one it was hard to pass up. 
since it was such good shape when we bought it. As, as far as an actual rental, an example would be you know, pretty much the one I just said. We, we do a bunch of those. So you pick it up uh, for 35, you put 12 to 15 into it, and it rents for 800, and the appraisal is about 70. Hmm. How many of these properties do you have to equal up to 3 million? It's about 45. And out of that, all but six are single family. I've got three duplexes. And then the rest are single family, and there's one commercial, single single tenant commercial in there as well. Okay. 45 properties, do they all have individual loans with a portfolio lender? Do you have one loan that has multiple properties? How does that work? Yeah, they, when we first got started, we would just do single loans with a single property. And as we've grown with the lenders, they prefer larger amounts. It's easier for them to handle. So we we'll refi a group together to take three or four single family loans and put that under one blanket commercial loan. And so that's easier to manage like that. What lender do you use locally? We use a local credit union, which is Crane, C-R-A-N-E. And then um, another one is Hendricks County Bank. And it's a small bank, a local bank as well. And which one do you use for which type of stuff? What are pros and cons on each of them? They're both, they offer a very similar product. The, the main lending person at Crane actually left and went to Hendricks County and took his good service with him. So we, we just followed him over there and, and he's able to get us the same product that we was at the, at the credit union with, with his same fast service. And, you know, they have a meeting once a week for the board so we can, we can, I can call him Monday and by Friday, can say yes or no. And within two and a half to three weeks, we have a check. Mm. What are some reasons why they've told you no before? And what'd you do after that? The only reason that would be is, is we just maxed out the debt ratio. You know, so we, we usually do that. We usually hit that around third quarter because we usually we buy quite a few and, and do quite a bit of financing. So fourth quarter, we have to kind of idle along until we get taxes done for the next year and, and show them, show them we're still still doing well. And, and then we're good to go again mm. for another round. What is the, the debt ratio that they look at? I don't have that in front of me. I don't know what that is okay. off the top of my head. Got it. Well, let's talk about how you've done, you've done joint ventures and work with international and local investors. Is that right? Yes. Okay. How'd you get in touch with international investors? It just when I first, you know, like I said earlier, I, my very first one, I, w- I was living in Canada, Western Canada at the time, and we bought one here in Indy, which I'm actually from Indy, or the, you know, Southern Indiana. So we, and just going through that whole process of out of country, cross border process, and getting firsthand experiences has allowed me to really connect well with out of state and out of country buyers. So that's kind of my niche is I can, I can relate to them firsthand on some of the aches and pains that they're going through and, and help them walk through. They just find me through you know, other networking or websites and stuff. And um, I can usually, once they find me, then we can, we can find them what they're looking for typically and, and I work with them like that. Any type of unique paperwork that's required? Not really, not for the most part. The biggest thing is they have a LLC here in the U.S. If they're out of state or out of country, if they're out of state, you can have you know your have an LLC pretty much anywhere that 
that is set up to do business uh, here in Indiana. What about a joint venture? What, what's what's a, a specific example of a deal that you did a joint venture on? Say if uh, an out-of-state guys, they want to get into the market, but they don't have a team built yet, and they realize the value of buying an asset uh, as is versus a turnkey. So they want to buy something as is and get it rehabbed, but they don't they don't have a relationship with with contractors and stuff. So um, they'll buy the property from from me as is for wholesale, and then I will oversee their the rehab with them and and kind of work a partnership like that. So at the end of the day, they still come out ahead as far as their overall pricing is less than what a turnkey would be, and uh, they still have someone on you know here on the ground that's going to going to to look out for their best interest. And are they usually holding that property or are they flipping it? Sometimes, a lot of times, after I point out to them that there's an opportunity there to sell it to their friends back in California or wherever they're from, and they, they, you know, they, of course, the light bulb goes off. They're like, oh, we're just thinking about holding. We never thought about selling it. And if they can sell it and make a few thousand and still get it to their, their colleagues at a fair price that still has good cash flow, I mean, nothing wrong with that. And then, you know, then rinse and be repeat. And how do you structure that in that example uh, from a joint ventureship? Well, that one, we we disagree on a a uh, total rehabbed price and a wholesale price. So, say if if the purchase price was thirty five thousand as is, and the project needed twenty thousand rehab at closing, they would wire the full fifty five thousand, but only release thirty five of it. So that would transfer the deed and all that. So they have ownership. And then the rest be held in escrow and just released as as the project came along with the last twenty or you know twenty twenty five percent held back until a final inspection was done okay and but how do you make money on that how what are your fees are you fifty fifty with them do you have fees on certain aspects of it if so what are those yeah for the most part that would just be if they're going to they're going to resell it then we would split the the resale fee or what, what the profit is after that. If they're going to keep it themselves, then I would just charge them a flat concrete supervisor fee, you know, maybe 2500 to oversee the project or something. Got it. Okay, cool. So 50% of the profits, if it's sold, or about 2500 or so, depending on the project, for a rehab fee to oversee it. Right, and, and you know, I'll keep in mind, these are still sixty dollars to $80,000 total projects, so they're still fairly small mm-hmm. compared to what... Some people are doing right. Okay, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Just get started. Uh, you know, I made a mistake of, of even after I decided I was going to do something, it was still two years before I actually bought my first one. And I think being scared of the unknown and and just always putting it off can really really hurt. So uh, just get started, get in there, and do a small project, get one under your belt, and it's going to suck. But get it out of the way. You know, pick yourself up, dust off, and keep moving forward. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you looking to boost your investment returns? Then MC Laubscher has a unique strategy to maximize the use of every dollar. If you're interested to learn more about infinite banking, you can request your free copy of Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash from MC. Just email MC at info at cashflowninja.com 
That's I-N-F-O at CashflowNinja.com. What's the best ever book you've read? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What's the best ever deal you've done? A property came on HUD one day. It was listed at 110. I offered 63 and it was accepted. I made one call to a hedge fund and offered to them for, for the listed price of 110 and they said yes. <laughs> 25 days later, we closed on it. I did a, did, a, did a double closing back to back, used their funds to fund the whole thing and walked away with a good check. How'd you get in touch with the hedge fund initially? Just uh, through networking and seeing them at the sheriff's sales and also okay. networking and getting to know them. Got it. Okay. What's the biggest mistake you've made on a deal? Probably not going in or not spending enough time at the property and, and not knowing what I was looking at. So you know, early on, thinking I, I was a expert and I wasn't. So walk through and like, oh, yeah, this is an easy fix. And after we close, get a contractor in there and finding out there's foundation issues and there's structural issues. And things can be really, really sideways quickly, especially with an older home. You mentioned you've uh, had some good deals, had some bad deals at the beginning and really learned a lot. Can you tell us a story of maybe a bad deal that didn't go right and your takeaway from it? Yeah, so there was a house we bought, bought it for, um, I think it was 22000 ARV was about ninety, And um, it was occupied at an auction, so I, I wasn't able to get in, and, which those tend to really um, be bad and this was the worst one ever uh, <laughs> it was it was a little 1400 square foot house and I think we, we pulled 120 yards of trash out of there which was about four thousand dollars between the the hoppers and labor just to get it somewhat cleaned up and then we had we had several million fleas to deal with <laughs> so that was and it just the expenses just went on and on. And wholesale wise, it was worth probably twenty five. And 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 I was into it already, well over that, closer to twenty six, just to get it cleaned out. And um, held on to it for a while, and just couldn't get rid of. It. Ended up selling it to to a local buyer, and ended up eating about a twenty eight hundred dollar hit, just to get rid of it. And when I see you know. I, an asset listed as occupied, I try to put in some extra cushion because it's, it, you know, that's how they tend to tend to always turn out. But that this was enough cushion. With you know, uh, there was a hoarder and then this horrible, nasty house. It was very bad. What's the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you? You can uh, contact me through email. Is the best way to get a response. So any questions, you can. It's uh, Sean S H A W N at Hoosier, that's H-O-O-S-I-E-R-solutions.com. Sean, thanks for being on the show and sharing with us how you have scaled your real estate investing empire, how you work with the local community bank and credit unions, and the specific types of deals that you're doing, and how you're able to get financing for those deals and lessons learned along the way as well as how you're doing joint ventures with other investors. Tons of great, interesting stuff that will help us move along in our investing careers. And much appreciated, my friend. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks a lot.